Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's keeping up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. And speaking of South Bend, Indiana, it is time to head there to talk to our man at the University of Notre Dame and the host of Living Stones, heard right here on Mater Day Radio, Monday evening, 7.30 or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. Let me say happy Arbor Day to Mr. Ken Hellenius. Happy Arbor Day to you, David. I uh, I hope you're going to be celebrating appropriately. I am indeed, absolutely. I've already gone out and said thank you to all of our trees here at Mater Dei Radio Studios. I, I've never been to South Bend, Indiana. Lots of trees there? Uh, yeah, lots of trees. Far fewer evergreens, of course. A lot more deciduous. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, other category uh, <laughs> for those of you playing right. along at home. Um <laughs> So, yeah. So, um, as a matter of fact, just in the last two weeks, I've noticed uh, all of the trees have have begun to, the leaves have begun to come out. So, like my neighbors behind us, I can no longer look out my bathroom window and see their backyards. Now, (laughs) all I can see is beautiful green. Very nice. Yes, uh, I was thinking about South Bend, too, and the University of Notre Dame. Have the students finished there yet, or are commencement exercises coming up? Uh, we're getting close, yes. So the last full week of classes is that uh, first week of May. So so next week will be the last full week of classes. And then there's a reading week uh, and exams. So, uh, yeah, we're getting right up to it. Uh, and But, uh, gosh, graduation isn't until the weekend of the of May 19th. Okay. So there's a, there's a full week that they call senior week mm-hmm. that takes place after all of the rest of the students have finished and gone, the seniors have a full week of activities together and kind of wrapping up and things like that before they do commencement. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's coming quickly, though. Is there a big commencement event that goes on with this? A number of them, of course, because being a university, we have not just undergraduates graduating, but we have a lot of uh, 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 professional programs, you know, the law school and the, the um, school of engineering right. and, and schools like that. So they do their own individual commencements uh, as well as in the, the large uh, undergraduate commencement. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a full weekend of events nice. it's both on Saturday and Sunday around here. Well, speaking of Saturday, tomorrow is the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena. So, very interesting. I was reading a little bit about her, uh, Doctor of the Church. So, tell us a little bit about St. Catherine of Siena. Yeah, so St. Catherine uh, was uh, one of the first two doctors of the Church named in 1970 by Pope uh, St. Pius uh, the—I'm sorry, Pope Paul VI— she lives in the 14th century, so she was born in 1347 on the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25th, and uh, she died in uh, on April 29th in the year 1380. So at the age of 33, a very young 33, mm. uh, she uh, was born in Siena, which is a uh, town in uh, Tuscany. It's a hill town, a town to which I've had the great pleasure of visiting. Uh, my wife and I went stayed in Siena during our honeymoon uh, back in the day. Nice. And so Siena is a beautiful hill town, uh, not far from Florence, which is, of course, the major town of Tuscany, major city of Tuscany. Mm-hmm. She was born um, She was born prematurely. She uh, had a twin sister who uh, passed away soon after they were born. But Catherine grew up a, a healthy baby. Um, 
But she very early on had mystical visions of the Lord Jesus and the saints. Uh, At age five or six, she had a vision of Christ seated in glory uh, with the apostles Peter, Paul, and John. And at age seven, she vowed, she made a private vow that she would give her entire life to God. Uh, And uh, she she then did that. She lived a very active life, uh, but she um, kind of active in ministry and active actually in politics. Uh, She was very influential. She interacted with not just uh, kind of secular rulers, but also she traveled to Avignon because this was the time when the Pope didn't live in Rome, but the Popes lived in Avignon, France, Mm. uh, during what's called the Babylonian captivity of the pontificate. Uh, And so she went to Avignon to to convince the Pope to move back to Rome. Then you belong in Rome. You're You're the Bishop of Rome. Go home. And uh, the the popes eventually did. So she visited the last pope uh, in Avignon, Gregory the Eleventh, uh, and then she was called to Rome by his successor, Urban the Sixth, to um, to uh, kind of uh, help urge the cardinals to to um, kind of form up, you know, kind of right. uh, and realize that the church is one again. We're no longer in kind of what was called the Western Schism. There were at one point three popes. Uh, two anti-popes and a real pope uh, because of the, this whole uh, Babylonian captivity in Avignon. Mm. And Catherine helped clean that up. Yeah. Uh, so She, she, um, she seemed she, like she was outspoken. I mean... She was She was something else. There are 382 letters yeah. that we still have that she dictated or wrote herself uh, to all sorts of people, secular rulers, to popes. She actually, in her letters, she called the pope daddy. Uh, not your holiness, not, you know, Holy Father, but Daddy. Hmm. So she had a very, very um, familiar relationship with uh, the leaders of her day, and and it was very much driven because she was recognized as a holy woman, Um, and uh, she was recognized as one who was in constant conversation with God. Hmm. And this was part of her life as uh, she's also a very early lay Dominican. So she had a vision early on of St. Dominic, uh, the founder of the Dominicans, and uh, she wanted to enter his order, but she wanted to remain in an active life. Mm-hmm. And so she uh, affiliated herself with the Dominicans, and as a matter of fact, her spiritual director, uh, Raymond of Capua, Father Raymond of Capua, later was the master of the order and is now Blessed Raymond of Capua. Uh, so she was under constant um, kind of formation by the Dominicans, and very much living an active life of preaching, which is, of course, what we associate the Dominicans with. Right. So, yeah, she was a force to be reckoned with, no doubt. Uh, when was she canonized, do you know? So, yeah, she was canonized relatively—so she dies in 1380, uh, and she was canonized in 1461 by Pope Pius II, who himself was actually—had uh, been Bishop of Siena. So he grew up around the cult of— uh, Catherine, you know, the cult being, I mean, she was venerated at, in her hometown of Siena. She was venerated in Rome. Uh, Pope Pius came from Siena to become Bishop of Rome, and he knew her Her um, veneration was active. And so he canonizes her in 1461. And then, as I mentioned, in 1970, she was named a doctor of the church uh, just a few days after St. Teresa of Avila had been named the first female doctor. And then um, she's now actually considered also the co-patron of Italy with uh, uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And then in 1999, uh, Pope St. John Paul II named Catherine uh, and Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, uh, Edith Stein, Mm -hmm. and Bridget of Sweden 
as co-patronesses of Europe. Wow. So her influence is, it remains very active today, even perhaps more so now even than, than in her own time. Right. Well, it's really fascinating to read about St. Catherine of Siena, and uh, I appreciate your uh, insight into that. It's uh, really interesting. He is Ken Hellenius, our man at the University of Notre Dame and host of Living Stones, heard right here on Mater Day Radio, Monday evenings at 7.30, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. Ken, great to talk to you today. Go out there and hug a tree for me. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Take care. All right. God bless.